Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the J. Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 278, dedicated to a team who, on May 4th, 1968, won the first ABA championship, the Pitts Pipers. It is always Thank you for listening and downloading another episode of the podcast. During today's episode, we begin Women in Sports Month. Over the next few weeks, we will have women in sports come on, talk about their journeys, what they do, things they love in sports, things maybe they dislike in sports. And today's guest is also the first guest we had a year ago on the first day of Women in Sports Month here on the podcast. It's Miss Alexis Wester. We all call her Lexi. She is the co-host of The Weekenders and also a co-host of On Stadium Boulevard. She is a big Michigan fan. I'm a big Ohio State fan, so you can only imagine the type of back and forth we had during this episode as, yes, we talk about the game. The biggest rivalry in the sport, Ohio State and Michigan, played the Saturday after Thanksgiving every single year. That came up. We talked about her favorite sports movies. She even predicts if Michigan will win the national championship in the upcoming season. A year ago, we got a story about the nickname her high school basketball coach gave her. One of them came up a year ago. Another one comes up during today's show. So sit back, relax, and let's take a trip to the state of Michigan. Welcome, Miss Lexi Wester, to the JC Woods Podcast to be the first guest during Women in Sports Month here on the show. Women in Sports Month here on the podcast was so much fun. We decided to run it back and do it again this year in 2023. Last year, this young lady was our first guest on the podcast for <laughs> Women in Sports Month, and she's back as the first guest in Women in Sports Month here on the JC Woods Podcast once again. It's Miss Lexi Wexter at Go. Blue Lexi 117 on Twitter. That's probably the only time I say those two words together are when she's on the podcast. Lexi, <laughs> welcome back to the JC West Podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. I am going to maybe clip that little bite there <laughs> for later <laughs> on. But uh, no, it's great to be on and I, I really appreciate it. I, I really enjoy your show. So happy to be here. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And last year we got... Um, the story about your high school basketball coach nicknaming you convict. And I don't really put many things on the Instagram um, as far as clips of the podcast, but that one was one people loved and I laughed and I laughed and actually I forgot about it until getting back here um, with you today. So I'm not sure maybe at some point during this episode, you may get another high school basketball story from you uh, maybe later in the show. Cause that just popped up, popped into my head and I'm like, we got to get another one. But speaking of <laughs> basketball and just your love of sports and, you and I are about the same age, so the movie scene, sports movie scene, is something that is about the same for both of us. Mm-hmm. You may have seen more movies than me, more or less movies than me. I'm not sure. <laughs> when it comes to sports movies, I know yours are probably going to be generally about the same as mine. When it comes to sports movies, what would you say are some of your favorites? So my number one movie, flat out of all time, no matter what, is Remember the Titans. Okay. Um, I could recite that from beginning to end when the movie ain't even playing. So the, the sound runs out, I got you. Uh, no, it, that's like one of my favorites. Um, I'd also say I love Hoosiers. Um, I also love We Are Marshall. Um, a little bit sad. It's like sometimes when you want a good cry, I guess, yeah. you know, I'll throw that one back on. But um, loving basketball is like my... You know, my as a kid, because I loved basketball, I played growing up. It was like, oh, I'm gonna have that. No, I never had nothing like that. 
but you know, it was nice to to play out. But those are some of my favorites off the top of my head. So you had me remember the Titans, and that was a movie I know. Growing up, we used to watch that occasionally. At the end of the school year, teachers used to pull off that roll out the cart with the TV on it, and we used to watch. Remember the Titans? I remember going to a field trip somewhere, and remember the Titans was the movie that was playing on the bus. I think I annoyed the person sitting next to me because I'm like you. I know every line word for word. I'm sitting there reciting the movie, singing along, doing all that stuff. They're like, bro, you're ruining the movie. And I'm like, my bad. I'm just having a little bit of fun. But that one to me just, it crosses barriers because it is about race. But it does kind of talk about how, and it shows how a sports people, sports fans, sports brings us together. It, it goes along, it goes away from race and um, kind of goes across cultural divides. Even amongst races, there are divides in culture. It kind of just breaks all that stuff down and say, hey, we're coming here. Don't for, just forget your background. Forget what happened previously. We're coming here to for one cause. And that's playing football. And so I'm with you. That's one of my favorites as well. I mean, so many lessons that are there that you can learn just about life. But good old fun movie Denzel you gotta love it I'm right there with you I remember the Titans is one of mine as well and um I don't know it's just one of those things that like I think about think about it trying to go away from it Lexi I can't get away from remember the Titans because it meant so much to me when I was a kid and it still mm-hmm. means a lot to me right now as an adult in my early to mid 30s yeah and I mean you bring up too like how it, you know it's, it's it breaks that barrier beyond football and like and the whole race thing. And I just, it's like, we can always refer back to that movie. I mean, maybe everything didn't play out in real life. Um, you know, like, like that movie had portrayed, but you know, it's just that sense of like, you know, brotherhood and what football or really any sport can create. And it's like, I just hope that everybody in their lifetime can experience that type of bond because there's nothing like it. And something that I dearly miss every single day. You know, that brotherhood is something that uh, these are things that are going to come up later in the show. Um, when we start talking about that ugly hat you're wearing, um, I want to talk about that school and how the um, brotherhood that I've seen at Michigan over the past few years, what Harbaugh's been cultivating and creating there, there is a sense of brotherhood. And I, I'm going to be nice about the school once you get there. I'm not going to be like an Ohio State fan that's just like um, throwing darts <laughs> at the head. Uh, I am an, Lexi, a Michigan fan. Let me give a little context. Lexi, Lexi's a Michigan fan. I'm an Ohio State fan. There's going to be a healthy back and forth, but also a mutual respect for what the schools um, provide to the sport and what the rivalry means. But back to these movies, man. I remember the Titans. I, I know when I was a kid, I loved Coach Carter. I, I loved oh, yeah. I loved that movie. And it was another one where, like, you're bringing guys together and trying to build up this mess of a team. But just – I think it kind of hit at the right time in my life where I'm like, I'm in high school. I can relate to this. The songs, the dress, everything was like what I was as a, as a kid. So Coach Carter's one to me. You kind of like remember the, remember the Titans. I'll always remember it. It doesn't hit like the football movies do, though. Like, Coach Carter's great. But it seems like for me, I don't know if it's like this for you, Lexi, but football movies always hit different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think for me, too, it's because, I mean, I as much as I love basketball and stuff, like football is just my ultimate number one love when it comes to sports, too. So – I just think that I just enjoy that a little bit more. Although, you know, there's just so many great basketball movies too, but yeah, nothing compares to that, you know, relation of, of a movie like that. No, not at all. And one thing you have done over the past, I think maybe a year or so, less than a year, you have been one of the biggest voices I've seen on Twitter 
about Michigan football and just repping the school. But also you've <laughs> had a journey of podcasting, which you began, which remember last year you came on and you said you're going to be, you might start a podcast. I don't know if it was in the works at that time or just a journey and a thought you had, um, but you said you might start a podcast in um, on stadium Boulevard. You're one of the voices on there, the weekenders, you're one of the voices on those podcasts there. And it's kind of exciting just to be someone that, I started to follow you on Twitter because you're a Michigan fan. Like that was literally it. Like, oh, she's, she's, she likes Michigan. She's a good. She is very knowledgeable about the sport. She's she understands how to put together a good opinion, and we'll go back and forth with you. I like that. But then, I mean, I'm sure some people might debate that last one on your fan base. But <laughs> thank you. <laughs> no problem. No problem. But also, like the podcast thing. Like, I know people that have thought about starting podcasts, and I haven't had my own thoughts and. Not gonna lie to you. I don't know if I really shared this much on the podcast. I was really close to quitting within like the first 10 episodes because I just was really uncomfortable because it was an uncomfortable thing for me to do to sit behind a microphone or in a computer and talk about stuff and talk about sports. I know how to formulate opinions in my head, but putting those to a microphone into a, a on the internet for people to listen to forever, like that was really hard for me. And it was not normal for me to do that. But here I am, two almost to three hundred episodes now, and it's like I've come a long way. But your journey is specific to you. What has it been like podcasting over the past few six nine months? Yeah, I mean it's been it's been great. Um, I'll say like I started off by myself at first, and I was kind of like you, like it was it's just really hard for me. I just like interacting, kind of shooting ideas and in conversation and debating, obviously, because yeah. you guys see it every day on Twitter. But, um, you know, I just I kind of hit that wall and I'm like, OK, well, I need to kind of spice it up a little bit. Let's add a co-host. And, you know, so I added Josh, who's you know pretty prominent and a little bit of a troll in Michigan Twitter. You know, God love him. Um, you know, great, great follow, too, though. Uh, but we added him and then his best friend in real life, Jordan, um, you know, joined us a couple of times. We're like, yeah, this is good. So once you just get into that rhythm and you do feel like you said comfortable and and in kind of like it comes naturally, then it was easy, you know, but it was it was rough there in the beginning. It really was. So uh, I'm glad I pushed through and. And, you know, being a part of Max's podcast, The Weekenders, um, it's a little bit nice being like, you know, to not be like the main yeah. <laughs> main person. So you're yeah. like, oh, OK, I come on. I talk sports. We're good, you know. But, yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Definitely a journey. Uh, you know, got some some more things planned out coming in the future that I can't wait to reveal. But, yeah, it's it's been great. It's a journey. It's an enjoyable journey. And you and I grew up at a time when we had Stuart Scott on ESPN and you had different people, voices there and um, the talking heads of ESPN and different podcasts started coming up. And the journey to kind of create your own show, your own avenue, I don't think most people realize how hard it is. Talking about it is easy at the barbershop or when you're out with your friends or maybe when you're with the guys that think just having a good old time. But doing it in a format which is different it's not normal for normal for people to just sit like we are now and have a conversation like this i feel like it's um possibly way more difficult than anybody thinks you 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 doing that is it's i, I find it special and i like not i find i commend you and i'm happy that you've able been able to find a way to take the thoughts put them into a format enjoy the format and make it your own what are some things people can listen to or maybe watch as you are being yourself, talking about Michigan, talking about other things that are sports teams that you love. For sure. I mean, 
<clears throat> and and that, that's kind of like the, the d- next dimension of what I've like always wanted to do. I'm, I'm bummed out that this wasn't like prominent and crazy like it was when we were yeah. 25 because God yeah. knows like I'm probably making some serious cash yeah. by now. Yeah. Um, you know, but, or maybe I wouldn't have went into, you know, working at U of M and stuff like that. But, um, you know, just to be a part of it now is great. And you're right. I'm like, I think about it my whole life. Like I've always just talked sports that comes natural, you know, sure. Yeah. There's some things I need to like study because I, I don't want to sound unintelligent when we talk about things or when I talk about stuff that I'm not familiar with. And, and that's kind of like the homework and study aspect of it. But like I said, it's something you love doing. It doesn't feel like that. You know, it's, I just, I'm always ha- have been happy talking sports. So it's, it's really fun to be able to have the confidence too, because I mean, we're out here, you know, you get, you got screenshots, you got, you know, clips that you put on the internet and, and you're putting yourself out there, you know, and, and standing on your word. And that's just something I've always had no problem doing. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm thankful to, to be able to do that too. And you're killing the game too. So I appreciate it. What are some of the highlights you've in, that you've uh, witnessed or lived through um, over the past year or so podcasting? So we've actually um, on, on my on stadium podcast, we got to interview some former players, mm. um, football on uh, basketball. So uh, I really pumped when you're like, you know, especially we had Stu Douglas recently who, okay. you know, was part of the beeline era and hit that, you know, you know, ice out, you know, at Michigan state, you know, and, and someone who, that was my age, you know, he was my age back then. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and I'm just talking and shooting the shit with them. And, uh, you know, then we got Khalid Hill, uh, who was one of my favorite players for Michigan football. Um, and it's just funny because there's, you know, everybody we talk to from like that era of football, you know, we obviously talk about like the game and like, yeah. you know, how, you know, it's like, it's just really cool to get that aspect and to get those stories that you wouldn't even hear like on Twitter or social media. So I'm just so thankful to be able to to do that. And, you know, shout out to my co-host Jordan, who really orchestrated all of them. Everyone thought it was me. It's like, no, I guess it's my guys doing that. So, um, you know, props to them. And, you know, it's it's been, I think, five we've done total now with, with former players and athletes. So it's it's been really fun. Five? Yeah, Already? we did oh Channing. Gosh. We did Channing Stribling, Khalid Hill. We did. Um. Oh my gosh, I'm like so drawing a blank right now. Uh, Chris Wormley, mm-hmm. Stu Douglas, and then I feel like we did one more, but maybe we didn't. And if I'm drawing a blank, whoops. But yeah, so at least four. But <laughs> it's been so much fun. <laughs> so much fun, and I've had the privilege to interview some players. I actually. Um, have been emailed like, Hey, get this guy, get this guy. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of nervous. Like it's always to me kind of amazing. <laughs> now when I reach out to somebody and they say, yes, when they reach out to me, like, Hey, I saw you, you do this. Here's my guy. Can you get him on? And I'm like, y'all know me. Like I am just a little <laughs> old guy. I'm literally podcasting from my kitchen table in my apartment every day. And I'm like, how do you, but it's like, you talk about it. You put yourself out there. You put things on YouTube or Apple or Spotify. You share clips on Twitter. You have no idea who's going to see you. You have no idea how one interaction or one tweet or um, one sign of excitement during a Michigan touchdown or um, a groan of discomfort if you guys lose to Michigan State. Like you, like you don't know how your reaction to positive things or negative things in sports can impact somebody else or who will see it. 
And it's kind of crazy. Like, it's kind of weird to me thinking about, like, how I am when I get to interview athletes. And I know you may get, like, butterflies where it's like, oh, snap. I get to interview this guy. I watched him play on Saturdays. Or, oh, snap, he hit the shot against Michigan State. All of a sudden, it's like all of the dreams that – all the things you've dreamed over years and for years and for years, those dreams are finally coming true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's – like I said, I can't even smile enough about it. It's just been, like, unreal. And, like, you know, hopefully we're going to try to be getting some more here come fall and, uh, you know, more opportunities will come up. But, yeah, I'm excited for it. Speaking of opportunities, Michigan has taken – a jump in a way over the past couple of years that it's annoyed me at times, but I, <laughs> the silent trash talking gets me every time. There are things that I have witnessed from Michigan that has, they've annoyed me. I'm not going to lie to you. They have, they, they've annoyed me. Welcome think, to my life. The last 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring back Lloyd Carr. I feel bring, no bring, sympathy bring, for you. <laughs> but also I do have a respect for Jim Harbaugh, for what he has done. Um, I believe winning back-to-back Big Ten championships, uh, making the playoff in back-to-back seasons. There was a time, Lexi, I'll tell you, I was saying Jim Harbaugh needs to be fired because mm-hmm. I just didn't think he was the guy for Michigan. I mean, old Michigan man, former quarterback. I understand what he means to the university. But I was one that thought that he needs to be gone and need to move on to somebody else. Then I looked back and saw what happened from post-Lloyd Carr to Jim Harbaugh coming, and there were some down years, some okay teams. There were some down years, and I think yeah, Jim Harbaugh, it was, <laughs> it, it was really bad. I think Jim Harbaugh finally figured something out, and I don't know why it took so long. I don't know what was going on internally, but I have a respect, and I'll say it publicly. I have respect for what Michigan has been building, what Harbaugh has built over the past few years. And Lexi, I know you, as a Michigan fan, you have a respect and a love for what Michigan football is currently right now in the state of college football. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I was right there with you. So 2021 season, I'm like, all right, this is it, Harbaugh. Because, like, obviously the COVID year was just chaotic for everybody. Um, You know, you can't really judge too much, obviously, off of what happened in that season. But, like, from that moment, it was like he just opened up and, and got rid of some coaches that maybe had some cultural problems in the program. I can't quote any of it. I don't know. But something changed. And then it was like, you know, all of a sudden, everybody at once bought into that culture. And, you know, and I know over the years, he's been building that run game. And and, and that's like one thing he's always established everywhere he's been. Every single where, you yeah. know, you think about Stanford, you think about San Fran, you know, he's always had that that elite run game. And when he does, he's so successful. Mm-hmm. So it's taken a little bit of while to get here. But, you know, you saw it with Hassan Haskins, you saw it with Coram last year and Donovan Edwards. And it's like, you know, we, now we got Mike Hart there. It's just all the pieces have finally fallen into the puzzle. And it was like, okay, you know, I, I gave Harbaugh that last chance and he's just blown it out of the water, you know, um, above and really beyond what I thought was going to happen within two years. I still thought it would maybe be a little while before we win a Big Ten championship or beat Ohio State, what we've been waiting to do for so long. But now that we've hit those, it's like sky's the limit. It definitely seems like that. It definitely seems that it's not just the offense and the run game that he's built. I think that defense is something that's going to be that can be scary in the upcoming season. And I know that the attention may be to the running backs or the quarterback and McCarthy. People in the Big Ten better watch out for Michigan's defense this year. Cause I, I truly think, and I don't like saying this, 
they can be in the big they can be in the Big Ten championship at the end of at the end of the year. They can make the playoff again this year because Harbaugh he has players believing not only in who they are as players. Like I think they have themselves believing in him. Like there's a belief that they have in him as the coach and the coaching staff that they could put the players in the right place to be successful. And I think that was something that we saw when Michigan beat Ohio State in the big house and the, everybody in the stadium, I think it was snowing that day, they flocked down, they, run, they rushed the field, and it was just like a big party in the big house. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of a really big, huge moment for the fan base for Michigan. Because you guys have wanted this for so long, and for it to happen where it happened and the way that it did, let's celebrate on let's celebrate on the field. Yes, I know, I know the song <laughs> annoys me. Hey, I, I'm just I'm saying looking. we waited so long. <laughs> how long has it been? Let everyone because I don't think people really won, know no, how I this mean, rivalry has been. Like, how long has it been? Time, the last time we won in Columbus was the year 2000. Y two K was had happened that same year. So we went in Columbus this last time. I was like, all right, I'm playing the lotto. Let's run these numbers. Let's go. You know, like it's just it's been a long time. And you know what? Really quick, I do want to read away before we get away away from it. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh, not only with his run game, but the trenches. Mm. Michigan is O-line you, and it has been just incredible these last few years. And I'm telling you, that is how a running game succeed. That is how a team can, you know, win games and score points is that offensive line. And I give all that credit in the world to Jim building the staff to find those kids and do that and just continue, though. It's like I'm like, do we even have room for another another offensive line scholarship at this point? Like, you know, I'm thinking and looking at the numbers for 2023, 24. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a loaded, you know, but that's where you got to give a lot of credit to him as well. So, you, no, no, you're right. You're right. And I am. I heard Colin Cowherd say this years ago, talking about like how you build a football team from the inside out, the O-line, D-line. Don't start with the skill positions. Go O-line, D-line, linebacker, quarterback, and then just go outside that way. And it was a very easy, clear way for him to describe how to build a team. It's kind of how Harbaugh's done it. You get the D-line right, you get the O-line right, get your quarterback right, and the running back and linebackers. Everything else has just worked out in their favor. I will add this, though. This will be one thing I say that would be kind of a virtual dart I'm throwing at you. Your schedule is easy. Michigan's schedule is so easy. It's only been easy the last couple years. Before that, it was always one of the toughest. I'm just going to put that out there right now. But, yeah, you know what? I'm enjoying having SEC-type schedule. Give me those games. Give me those cupcakes. Because what are the teams down south doing? We expend ourselves in the north, and for what? We actually have like depth in our conference where we beat each other up every year, especially in the East. Like the East is the gauntlet of the Big Ten. Who even cares? I mean, maybe knock on wood because I think that a couple teams in the West are going to start, you know, being more prominent. But like, why we, we have a difficult with the two of us alone at the very end of any season? What are the rivalries played at the end of the year, home at home, like us? So you know what? I'll take it. My schedule's easy. We're going to probably be undefeated again. Run it. I'm going to get there in a little bit. I'm going to get there. I'm saving it. I'm purposely saving this for a certain reason. But, no, you're right. The schedule is is weak. Um, It's soft. It's cupcakes. My biggest annoyance with their schedule, 
you schedule one F- FCS opponent every year, and it's generally before you play your biggest rival. Like, throw that out the window. Like, don't don't tell me. Like, I get like they have great players. They have a lot of draft picks every year. Make your schedule equal to how good your talent is. Don't water yeah, totally. it down. Or don't make it super easy. Make it hard. And I truly think I'm Bama fans. Auburn, sorry, Auburn. I'm not in this conversation. Alabama fans, Georgia <laughs> fans, they'll be really upset by this, but I truly don't care. If they had to play a team of the Ohio, Ohio, Ohio State's caliber, team of Penn State's caliber every year, and then you add in the rest of the Big Ten East, which, granted, the bot, Indiana's not good. Like, I understand there are no. bad teams in there. But they always give us everyone good games, though. They They're do. like annoying that where you're like, how are you even good right now? Like, Get away, you know. It's just gritty. The Big Ten is gritty. So it's like they might not be good, but they're going to be tough. I also think the guys in the South are scared to come up north to play in the snow. And I think this new playoff with having home games in the first round, you you might have a year where Alabama or Auburn or Georgia or Florida or Ole Miss has to come up to maybe Ohio Stadium, maybe the big house. Uh, I mean, maybe- Auburn went to Penn State and we saw what happened there. So. And that was in September. <laughs> Let that happen. Let that happen in December. We're gonna be sitting here like, oh, they got snow, twenty degrees at eight o'clock in the evening. Loss for the SEC. Like I, I literally think the snow and the cold is going to shock them. It's going to because they're not used to it. They're not used to playing in that that, that type of weather. No, I can't I, wait. Like I really can't. I mean, it's it's kind of funny too how this playoff is set up where it's like you know you either get the home game or you get the buy, and I'm like. Man, I, I'm gonna love that buy, but like, give me a home game at the big house with a team from down south in December. Like, oh my god, that would be so sick! Like, I just can't even think about it. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. What are your thoughts though about the expanded playoff? Are you for the 12 team playoff, or do you? Yeah, think I totally think am. Okay, okay. You know, I, I can't. I can't really like stand the argument of hey, more football is worse. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Um, make more games more important. Sure. Get rid of your bull crap in the beginning and, and, and let's do this. Let's like, you know, have this normal when you're playing good teams for a handful of games, you know, at the end of the season. So, um, I'm all for it. People were kind of, you know, nervous about the 12. I think the 12 is perfect because then, yeah, you get the buy or the, the, you know, the home game. So it's kind of like a perk for, for both, you know, a good chunk of teams. So, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. And then to see kind of like what happens with the Big Ten when, you know, USC and and UCLA come into here because I think that things are going to get shook up a little bit. I kind of hope they just like, I mean, I'm fine with playing you guys every year and then maybe doing Michigan State every year, every other year. But like, I would love if they got rid of divisions. Oh, yeah. Because I have to. I mean, they're going to have to. You can't just put USC and UCLA. They're probably going to run run right through all those teams besides like Wisconsin or you know maybe Illinois if they if they get back up there but yeah. they almost beat you last year and guess what they there. didn't almost ain't a win this is true that was actually a game when I realized like I knew I knew that Illinois was decent I didn't know how much talent they had on the team well that um, running the running game again you know like that's it's difficult to stop a good running game you know so Cheers to them, but haha, Brett. Like, I hope you, you know, whine a little more about it. But hey, Jake Moody was drafted 99. Can they really be too mad? <laughs> drafted before right now. <laughs> drafted before Dewan Jones. I had a text to a buddy that I said that I was like, Dewan Jones, Ohio State offensive tackle, was drafted after a kicker 
from Michigan. I mean, I was to like, be fair though, Mo- Moody's probably one of the college football yeah. best kickers they've ever seen ever. Yeah, you know, yeah. just the, and it's so just it's one thing I'm gonna miss, but I know he picked up. You know, that guy from Louisville is a great kicker from Celine. Um, that transfer, and then we got another kid coming up that's elite too. But just to have a good kick game, and you just know that it's just gonna go in every time. That's so underrated. Yes, like people. <laughs> yes, no, you're right. And I you're mean. Right. You know, I'm sorry, but yes, you understand how much of a kicker is like important, though. You know, and you're like, you just can't be having guys that can't be doing it on the line. So, yeah. Oh, you're right. Why? Well, I see polls on Twitter all the time. What <laughs> is the best college football rivalry? Ohio State, Michigan is Come there. On. Alabama, you Auburn, know. Texas, Oklahoma. For some reason, I see USC, UCLA in there, and I'm like, just get that out of here, like. I understand that you guys think it's okay and it's good. No, I would love to see Georgia and Clemson play every year like they used to. Um, Because I I heard, I recently found out like they're not that far apart, like geographically, like an hour and a half, two hour drive, I believe, which isn't far at all. But why do you think Ohio State Michigan is the best rivalry in the sport? Well, like I mentioned earlier, okay, it's not only a home on home, which I know that, you know, Auburn, Alabama is or whatever, but. You know, it's at the end of the season. We're both well-oiled machines by the very end of the season. And and before what is always, you know, especially nowadays, the either two of us get in get into the Big Ten Championship with this game. They don't have that. It's like even I think about, like, the 2013 game with mm-hmm. Auburn and Alabama or 2010, I can't remember when it was. But it, it's just like that was electric, don't get me wrong. But it's like all even in our down, Michigan's down years, the viewership for the game is just unmatched. Yeah. I mean, it's a tradition unlike any other. I mean, you can Google anything. You can look up any article. Like, if it's not coming out of Texas and Oklahoma, whatever, like, I mean, could you imagine Ohio State and Michigan fans getting together and having fun at a fair and, and watching watching the rivalry in a neutral zone? Like, what? Don't even argue that you're even close to us because you couldn't even handle the fact of a home-and-home, home, let alone at the end of the season. Miss me with your little big 12 or even your sec stuff like yeah we might have sucked for a long time but we just brought in 17 million viewers in a top five matchup you know with both of us being 11 and oh it's like you just there's nothing like that that is the epitome of college football so it's what we live for like that's literally <laughs> what we live for and i can yeah. add, add into the fact you mentioned this at the end of the season it's thanksgiving weekend you want me to have <laughs> dinner with my family and friends to give thanks on a thursday and then show the disdain and maybe the hatred I have for the team up north, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I know I'll be happy mm-hmm. on Thursday, happy on Friday. I mean, yeah, as a Lions is- fan, I'm not always happy on Thursday. <laughs> 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 it's been a tough, long year for, for lifetime between the Lions and losing to Ohio State on the day of Thanksgiving. So. No, I'm with you, but it just – certain <laughs> things hit different. and they, they, oh, just, yeah. they mean a whole lot more. And I can mention Lloyd Carr, and I can mention the different coaches from Michigan and Ohio State through the years. You look through all of the battles that these coaches have had, the coaches hate each other as much as the players do. So it's not just – I know some some schools, it's like, oh, well, they play it's a rivalry game, but it's not really meaning anything. They're have, it's just hatred across the board. And it's well, been and a, it's, oh, sorry, go no, ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Well, I was going to say, it just stems so much deeper. Like, this is, like, dating all the way back to, like, Toledo. You know, like before we even played each other in football, Michigan and Ohio State were just like, or Ohio were just, 
you know, no, like it was always like a battle forever. So it was like, once that football like happened, it was almost kind of like embedded already. So it dates back to even before we started playing each other. I think that's what people don't understand that it's like, it is like a born hate. Like you're born to hate Michigan. I was born to hate Ohio state. Like it's just embedded like in our blood. (laughs) It's just who we are. It's what I love about, about the rivalry itself. And I want to make a statement that I've said to a few people haven't really said it publicly definitely not locked on Buckeyes I'm not ready to talk about the game on that daily podcast there (laughs) but Lexi I honestly think this could be a time where Michigan could win three in a row whatever's going on at Ohio State right now internally with the especially with stuff that happened with the draft and guys that didn't get drafted and guys that left early something tells me there's something a little bit maybe off with the development of the players or how the coaches are running things I don't know Harbaugh could easily come in here, win three in a row, and be looked at as a top three coach in the sport. And I'm not being sarcastic, (laughs) facetious, anything with that. I really do think Michigan could win three in a row, win three conference championship games in a row, go to the playoff once again, and then easily be a one or two seed in the playoff. Like, I I, I easily could see a scenario where that is what is going to happen because of the belief the players have in what Harbaugh is preaching, I know it's style the running game. Some say it's outdated. Some say whatever. It's not. It's clearly not. It's clearly <laughs> working. And Michigan could win again this year. And I, I'm not like sarcastically. I truly believe that Ohio State could lose and Ryan Day could be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so too. And I've like kind of stood on that. It's not even. And you go back to like how the players buy into Harbaugh. I just don't think the players are fully bought into Ryan Day. And I just, and you know, I know that I troll and I talk about it, but like in all seriousness, I just don't know if his mentality or like the toughness or like the purebred hatred that like everybody has always had. Like, I mean, of course, Urban Meyer had a little spark, you know, with, with, with between us and Florida and obviously him being rooted in Ohio, but I just don't know if that edge is there with Ryan Day. And I don't know if he can like, pump these guys up enough and I just I, I think that something's missing I mean I know you guys played a hell of a game against Georgia and if you can you know continue that into what you're you're going into but like is it sustainable can he have the guys you know as soon as adversity hits is it going to be like you know kind of like a little bit of crumbling which kind of I, I feel like happened in the game you know once you guys started getting down you kind of start the players deflate a little bit and I've never seen that in Ohio State players ever I mean, I hated it forever. And it's like, okay, you know, I don't. So I think that that could be something. It, But like, if he can get it together this year, it will be a showdown. But I think that the odds are pretty good. You know, clip it, whatever you need to do, that Michigan does win three in a row, especially with it being in in Ann Arbor. But, you know, I said to you earlier, Buckeyes are going to be out for vengeance, you know, to to get beat like that, the the, uh, flag to get planted. Um, that's, that's definitely sparked something, but I hope so. You know, you see even, you know, on Twitter, the recruits even kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, chipping at each other. I'm like, God, this is it guys. We're (laughs) back, baby. Like this is how it should be, you know? And, and, you know, obviously respectful all, all in all, of course, but it's just different for us. And they just don't get it down South. Nobody does out West. Don't even mess with me. You don't even have fans that are loyal. So like, that's not even part of the equation, but yeah, it's our rivalry is just the best. I don't think I have seen this in recruits in a while. Now, I do follow mm-hmm. recruiting closer now than I did even five years ago, so it could have been happening. I don't know. No. But I just I don't believe we have seen the recruits. Got Guys that are literally juniors in high school 
going back and forth on Twitter <laughs> about a, about teams they're not even playing for yet. Like it, it feels different. Now I hope my hope is what we see from Ohio State recruits on Twitter going back and forth. The players see that, and I really hope there's some there's some former players at Ohio State practices like. Hey, coaches, y'all ain't y'all, y'all ain't getting this right. Y- y'all aren't y'all are not doing yeah. something right. And they come in there and start taking ownership of the program. And that's one thing I lo- used to love, and I still love about Miami, the Hurricanes. You get mm-hmm. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, all these old cats going back there to the U, and yeah. kind of saying, "Hey, we got to change something. We got to reiterate. We got to change what's going on." Taking ownership of the program, I think Ohio State, t- the team, needs to uh, the old former players kind of take ownership. I mean, like, hey, y'all ain't getting it done. This is not right. how you play Buckeye football. We don't care the offensive scheme is or the defense. Here's how you play Buckeye football. And I hope the former players start to take over with that. Does that happen at Michigan where former players come back and kind of help the younger guys prepare for the season? Yeah, I mean, you see it too, like obviously even coming back coaches style, you know, like with Mike Hart, I feel yeah. like that that was kind of, you know, something that, I mean, he didn't win against Ohio State, but, you know, he did win against Michigan State. So it was like, it was about just building that, that confidence of what Michigan football used to be, because it was super, it was very lost for a long time. And, and Harbaugh struggled to, to get it back to where it needed to be. But, you know, I, I don't really know as far as like former players really going to practices and such. I mean, I feel like Harbaugh could pick up the phone and, and get any of them there yeah. quickly. So, I mean, maybe they have, and it's just been kind of, you know, I'm looking forward to Aiden coming back and maybe hyping the guys up before the game next year. <laughs> I really hope that that, that is the, that's going to happen. So, um, you know, it, it's fun though. And especially when you just have a schools like ours that continually produce, you know, successful NFL players um, to be able to come back and do that is, is a blessing because not many schools have have so many options, let's say. <laughs> no, not at all. Will Michigan win the national championship this year? So um, I'm going to say it's really natty or bust. Because okay. what you, you left with last year, um, you know, at this point, you're only reloading. Um, yes, will I be satisfied and not super pissed if we win a playoff game? I mean, I'm still going to be super pissed if we lose in the national championship. But if we get that playoff win, okay, that's another checkbox. All right, now next year there's no reason we shouldn't get a natty. You know, like, especially if J.J. stays another year where you got Jaden Davis coming up who's going to be really good. Like, it's going it's, to it's gonna happen. So I'm saying this year, um, if not, definitely within the next three. Um, I think so. So, you know, you signed the the coordinators to extensive deals, brought, those bag, brought that bag in for Sharon Moore. Praise, 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 because that man is very responsible for our offense, you know, um, in Michigan right now. So, you know, you can get those guys to stay and yeah, it's got to happen. So we finally got over that hump. And that's what I tell everybody. You can't just build Rome in a day, you know? Oh, all you cared about is being Ohio state. You're damn right. Because I didn't do it for 20 years or like one or two times. So when, when that has happened and now consistently twice in a row, now that's what I expect. Now we need to get to that next level. Like I would like to say, just a playoff game win, but with this talent that we have, with the, with just how hot coaching and recruiting is, it's I just feel like it's the time. And yeah, twenty twenty four national champions. <laughs> I will not be a happy camper if that happens. Last thing for you though, we did it last time, kind of earlier in the show. You had any more high school basketball stories? I loved them. People love them. 
I don't know if you have another like nickname that you dropped like you did last year with the convict story, but what's another like high school basketball story you could leave us with before we close up this show? Okay, so yeah, this is actually another nickname story. Okay. Um, and it's funny. So I just finished like my first 5K ever at the big house a few weeks ago. Congratulations. And like, uh, it was awesome. It was so cool. So I got to, you know, run and jump and, and hit the banner in, in the stadium. And so I have a picture of me like in the air. And, you know, I'm, I'm five foot four. Um, I have a very short sternum, very short arms, very short legs. Well, in high school, same coach that nicknamed me convict, we were doing um, the jump test in practice. And I mean, I think I got like maybe four inches. Or three. <laughs> and so literally he looked at, at where I'd slapped my finger and looked back down at me. And he's like, okay, stubs. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, and it was funny because everyone was like, wow, you're like, you look so little jumping off the ground. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that nickname too. So yeah, I was stubs for a couple of days. <laughs> I think of stubs. I think of um, Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler. <laughs> I think of that, but now it's going to be double meaning. That movie yeah. and you. Lexi, it's fun having you on the show. Um, really enjoy this. Hopefully next year, Women's Sports Month, um, we'll get you back on again and talk about more Oops. things in podcasting, the rivalry and things like that. If you could, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter, then where they can listen to the numerous shows that you're a part of as well. Yeah, so go blue Lexi 117 Twitter and Instagram. Um, and then Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Um, it's Blue by, Blue by 90 is where I host my On Stadium Boulevard podcast. And then multiplicitymedia.com is where we house the Weekenders podcast. So you can check that out in all those locations. And thanks again for having me on. This was awesome. So, no problem, Lexi. You are um, fun to talk to, really enjoyable. Um, probably one of the few Michigan fans I'll have on the show. And I'll <laughs> show respect and let them gloat a little bit. But no, truly, it's been my pleasure to have you on the show again. And, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at jsteven07. Uh, Women in Sports Month, this is the first week of it. Got a few more weeks to go. You never know what you're going to get in Women in Sports Month. We got Lexi. Last year, we got a convict story. That's her nickname. This year, we get stubs. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what happens next year. Well, Lexi's on the podcast once again, guys. We're out of here on a Wednesday. Have a great day.